You're listening to Let's Stay Together Anime Break, the subseries of Let's Stay Together where we talk about Fruits Basket 2019. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we're discussing episode 10, which was called It's Valentine's Day After All. <laughs> um, so we're going to do our spoiler-free summary discussion and then spoilery discussion, as we always do. Um, I don't have any I don't have any announcements today, so my only announcement is that I have a cold. Deal with it. I mean <laughs> I need to stop getting sick. It's damaging the, the quality of the podcast, I feel. <laughs> it's damaging the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is damaging the quality of my life. <laughs> Except I get to stay home and watch spoopy uh, YouTube shows, so whatever. <laughs> I guess that's fine. I was like, I'll work from home. And then I was like, I'll nap from home halfway through the day. <laughs> I get tired of you when you're sick. It's like, terrible. Like, it's- last I was sick, I got up at like 11. And I, like, sat at my computer for, like, three hours, and I was like, I'm tired again. So I took a nap at, like, two. <laughs> I got up today, I got up at, like, 10.30, and it's, like, we're recording at, like, four, and I'm already tired. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Tomorrow is another day. Also, um, at least this time I can talk, so mm-hmm. that's nice. <laughs> Sorry, guys, you, you've been thwarted in your efforts nope. to get an ASMR video again. No ASMR videos this time. <laughs> Unless you want to listen to me just, like, snort. I can do that if you want. <laughs> anyway, I can talk, so we're recording, and then I'll have a nap <laughs> later. Um, so let's <laughs> let's go ahead and start. So this episode of uh, the Fruits Basket anime, it has the same content as chapters 15 and 16 of the manga. And if you watch the old anime, which I kind of forgot this episode, like I forgot how it was put together, so I went back and watched it. And actually, like, chapter 16 is, like, entirely cut, and half of 15 is cut, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, Kagura shows up, and then I think they go home to Shigure's house, and then from that point on, it's it's altered, and then uh, chapter 17 is cut in or something. So, so, like, all half of this episode wasn't in the original anime, just in case anybody was wondering. Um, Or people who've seen it before didn't remember and wondered what the flow was. That was what Mm -hmm. happened before. So, Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And also exciting because a lot of this is stuff that like, I think builds uh, some depth to like Shigure's character, for example, as we're mm-hmm. going to see. So. Yeah. Anyway. And otherwise, uh, just another set of pretty accurate uh, yeah. chapter adaptations. <laughs> for the most part, there is a, there's like a, some minor additions, like mm-hmm. there's some minor added content, but we can, we'll talk about that. Like, for mm-hmm. example, I guess to segue, the first, it's the very first scene is added. So yeah. The opening of the episode uh, is Kyo, and he's in bed, kind of like writhing around, like he's having a bad <laughs> dream, <laughs> and then wakes up panting, he's still breathing heavily, and then he rubs his eyes. And then we cut to downstairs where Shigure and Yuhi are like cheerfully and complimentarily, <laughs> cheerfully <laughs> eating breakfast and complimenting how good it is and talking about how when they live together, they never had a real breakfast um, to Toru. And then Kyo grumpily comes downstairs, grabs some milk, and then refuses to eat breakfast and leaves before he can say anything. And then we cut to the theme song. <laughs> to be fair, that's how I have breakfast most days. That's pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I also thought it was interesting that, like, it didn't in the last episode, didn't they cut in, like, an extra scene before... No, sorry, it was the New Year's one. Not the one with Haru, but in the New Year's episode, there was an additional scene that was added that was also kind of inserted before the theme song where she's mm-hmm. talking to Uo and Hana and then she runs off and goes home. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Like it's just another, uh, like it's a, a pattern that of adding something to set up the episode differently, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I think a lot of, uh, a lot of the chapters 
kind of start uh, in Meteoress. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think the anime is hey, fucking fancy words. a little. Not <laughs> 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 <to> college. Uh, <laughs> I'm degreed. <laughs> so I feel like the anime is adding in like a little bit more of a lead mm-hmm. in sometimes. Yeah, it does feel like that. And the the way that the manga cuts in is like. Uh, it's like a little scene with Kyo that's like repeated later. So it's not like you lose anything by having him wake up from a bad dream. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So after the theme song, um, we open with Uo and Hana at Yuki's like shoe locker. Um, and they open it expecting to see a mountain of chocolates pour out. But disappointingly, there's only one inside. FYI, <laughs> when I wrote this note the first time, I said, but alas, there's only one. And then I opened my notes from the a- the anime or from the manga episode. Now it said, alas, there's only one. And I was like, well, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this again. Kayla will make fun of me again. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointingly, there's only one, uh, only one chocolate inside. But Hana has a theory that like the cuckoo chick kicking other birds' eggs out of the nest, each Yuki fangirl has come and taken out the previous chocolate and replaced it with theirs. And the proof, it turns out, is in the garbage bin. And in the uh, the dub, they add in a little pun that I like, because Uo says, that's low even for these cuckoos. <laughs> <laughs> that was a genuine laugh. I hadn't seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They t- I feel like they tend to do that with Uo's dialogue sometimes. It's yeah. like, give her really sassy jokes and stuff. <laughs> it's a very sardonic sense of humor. Yeah. Um, so Hana says that she is the hawk who swoops in to take the last chocolate. And of course, we learn that it's the day before Valentine's Day, so it's going to be all hell for the Zodiac at school, I guess. Um, I also feel like the anime <laughs> made Yuki look a lot more disappointed that uh, <laughs> she's taking the chocolate. I was taking his chocolates. <laughs> he's like, kind of like, whatever. Like, I forget what yeah, he says. He's like, oh, I guess that's fine. I don't need any. Go ahead. <laughs> Just take it out of the garbage. Just the whole pile. <laughs> And clearly the the top of it hasn't touched garbage. It's like <laughs> just a piles and piles of, of chocolate. Um, we see Toru and Hana and Yuki walking together down the hall. And Kyo um, is walking the opposite way, looking grumpy still. Toru greets him happily. And Uo's like, yo. And then Kyo just kind of grunts and walks through them up to Yuki. They stare each other down. And then Kyo suddenly punches Yuki. But he stops just short of his nose. And Yuki doesn't flinch the whole time. Mm-hmm. And Tora freaks out. She's like, Kyokin! And then Kyo huffs and walks off. So he continues his path of just walking off. Um, Uo says that he's being really combative this morning. And Hana says that his waves are uncharacteristically naive or innocent, as it says in the subtitle. His thoughts are chaotic. But she says it's none of her business as long as it doesn't cause trouble for Torokun. And Hana, or Uo says the same thing, and they, they cuddle her. <laughs> In class. So all this is happening before class. I still don't understand how they get to school so early, but whatever. <laughs> in class, uh, we outside of the classroom, we hear a chorus of creepy voices. And we cut to a room full of, of girls who are looking dark with glowing eyes and like dark purpley auras thinking about giving Yuki chocolate. Girls are scary this time of year, Uo says, <laughs> <laughs> while she and Hana and Toru stare at them. It might be the scariest event of the year for the Junishi, Toru thinks. They see a girl bring Kyo some chocolate. And then Toru was like, oh, Kyo's popular too. And Uo was like, what a player. <laughs> and then she also commented that the girl calls him Kyo-chan, which is really funny. <laughs> Uo also asked if Toru would be giving Yuki and Kyo chocolate as well. And she says that she will. And also she'll be giving some to Uo and Hana on Monday because she's a nice friend. 
we cut back to Kyo, who's two friends for that we saw from um we talked about them in the first anime break, which was episode three. They're the ones who sass him about drawing all the cats to him. Yeah, I was excited to see his two random friends again. Yeah, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We are fans fans of his the two random friends on this podcast, yes. <laughs> I think. Um so Kyo's two friends come over and they're like, Oh, I'm so jealous then Kyo is like, Is today Valentine's Day? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the friends is like, "Well, it's tomorrow." And Kyo immediately stands up and he's like, "I'll go. I'll go home." No, it's dangerous there too. And then he like sweats, like you can see in the anime. There's like a sweat drop that like forms on his face and falls off. He's like, "A trip. I'll go on a trip." And he tries to make a break for it, but as soon as he gets to the door, their teacher stops him by like slamming him in the face with a book. Is it trying to skip homeroom? She asks. "You punk teacher!" Kyo yells. She's like. What, you think you can get away with calling me names, Orangey? I'm ready to dye your hair black anytime. Go sit down if you don't want a makeover. And then she, like, saunters off to the front of the class. <laughs> Their teacher is awesome, as a side mm-hmm. note. Toru wonders what's gotten into Kyo. Maybe he has a bad memory about Valentine's Day? I don't know. Could be true, since we saw him struggling. Except he didn't know it was Valentine's Day, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Outside after school, we see Kyo walking, and he suddenly stops. Toru asks what's wrong because she's like come up behind him. And we see at the school gate, Kagura is waiting for him. And then from the sparkly side of the school, she calls out to him and runs over. And Kyo jumps <laughs> off the stairs and runs. And Kagura chases after him, yelling, Jitam! <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, they cross, Yuki's like walking under the bridge thing at their school and they cross paths with him. And he's like, Oh, I figured. And Toru yeah. realizes that that's what Kyo was concerned about as well. We cut to Shigure's house, and Kagura has come over, it turns out, to invite Kyo to go out tomorrow, you know, since they're a couple and all, and then Kyo is grumpy about it. Toru comes in with tea, and she asks, oh, does that mean it'll be like a date? And Kagura's like, oh, Torukun, you're so silly, or whatever. She just dismisses <laughs> that she calls it a date. And Kyo's like, no way, I'm not going. Kagura stands up, her eyes glowing suddenly, and hair blowing in an imaginary breeze, and says, we're going, or whatever, in her, like, creepy voice. Horror voice. Horror voice. <laughs> Yeah, this episode bounces back and forth between shoujo anime, or shoujo anime, like, horror, and, like, I don't know, whatever else. I just said boar, but that works, too. Her boar voice. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a boar voice. If boars had a voice, I guess it would probably sound like that. <laughs> Kyo continues to protest, and then Kagura starts crying, so she's bounced from being happy to uh, scary to crying. And Kyo is like, don't cry. And then Shigure is like... Hey, if you're going to continue to flirt, you should do it. Could you do it somewhere else? <laughs> Which is <laughs> the best. How about this? Kagura suggests cheerfully. We bring Yuki and Toru and make it a double date. And poor Yuki and Toru, who are just minding their own business, distributing tea, are suddenly like, eh? <laughs> like they're suddenly run to the conversation. Nice idea, Shigari suggests. And Yuki and Kyo protest. But Toru, whose eyes shine with happiness, says, I've never been on a date before. You wouldn't mind? And literally no one in the world can say no to that. So, of course, <laughs> Kyo acquiesces. Later that afternoon, Kyo sees Kagura off. And Kagura says that Haru, like she mentions while she's seeing, while she's saying goodbye to Kyo, that Haru told her that Yuki and Kyo are starting to get along. And maybe if they get to know each other better, they could get along even better. And that would make her happy, too. And then she takes off. Shigure, who is creeping in the doorway, <laughs> he's just like <laughs> sitting there, says that it's very perceptive of Haru. The first thing people need to learn to do is compromise with each other. Kyo argues with Shigure, and then eventually he's like, so you're getting to know each other better. We see Toru inside cleaning up the table, who overhears Kyo yelling too. So I feel like Kyo and Yuki both heard him, because Yuki comes downstairs after this. Mm -hmm. Kyo says, I hate Yuki, got it? 
and that doesn't need to change. Why do you speak as if it's your duty to hate him, Shigure says, and then he looks up with his chaotic, evil Shigure face that we've seen, like, over and over again in the last couple episodes. Like, I feel like we see it more and more, this kind of um, plotting kind of face or whatever. Mm -hmm. Why do you speak as if it's your duty to hate him with eyes that say that you're afraid of getting to know him? And then Kyo suddenly has a memory or a flashback, or maybe it's even, like, a premonition. It's very difficult to tell. So, Mm -hmm. like, if you... So, I mean, we we know what it is because we've seen this before, but just to i feel like we've seen different treatments for flashbacks throughout this so it could be a flashback but who knows i don't know we see a hand reaching out to a person um and i think it's his hand because it looks like you can see like the beads on his left hand whatever like you can see his bracelet his Mm -hmm. eyes are wide and then we see blood and a bag flying into the air so i guess it's implied that the person is a woman but that person is kind of just barely cut off on the side of the screen too so it's very sudden Scene. Yeah, and it gets kind of a like staticky film grain kind of overlay. Yeah, and it's dark. It's like two seconds. I counted. Yeah, very quick. To write this, to write that summary I just wrote, I had to watch it like ten times because mm-hmm. it's so fast. But yeah, so he has this another um, really intense, what seems like a flashback and or maybe a premonition. Um, he snaps out of it in shock and then he runs off. So it's very serious. He looks really scared. In fact, Toru comments on that when she's walking. So Toru follows him. As he runs off. Yuki comes downstairs and asks Shigure what happened, and Shigure says that he got a bit impatient and maybe pushed Kyo a bit too far. And Yuki also looks after him and looks concerned. Not super moved, but just a little bit concerned, mm-hmm. as he tends to. Outside... He's like, this is gonna ruin my day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. It's gonna ruin my day tomorrow, for sure. For several mm-hmm. days, probably. Outside, Toru walks through the woods and calls to Kyo. And there's like an, a pretty relatively extended scene of her walking in the woods. I felt, especially when you compare this, there's like two seconds of, of really intense flashback and then there's like several seconds of her walking in the woods. So she sees him from far away and he's curled up um, on the ground, like he's sitting on the ground, but curled in a ball kind of. And she slowly walks over to him. She thinks it's like he's doing his best to protect him something by hating Yuki. Protect what, though? Himself? Forget it, Kyo says as she approaches. It has nothing to do with you. Toru's expression softens, it was like surprise and softens into concern. She closes the distance between them and gets on her knees. It's okay if you don't get along, she says. I did want you to get along, but it's fine if you hate him. We see a shot of Kyo's back. And Kyo remembers Toru saying, it's plain as day, you have a palm on your back. You're great, Kyoku. Yeah, he says. And then he says, I don't want to see. I don't want to think about anything yet. Kyo's heart is so much more delicate than he makes it seem, and so is Yuki's. It seems like just touching them might bruise them, Toru thinks. We see them walking back to the house on the stairs, and on the walk back, Toru asks if it's okay that they're that they're going on the date tomorrow, and Kyo says he can handle it if it's just once. Toru looks away, kind of still looking concerned, and Kyo notices, and he taps her on the head, like he's done before. She's like, what was that for? And he's like, nothing, let's hurry back, and she smiles. And as they continue walking up the stairs... Toru thinks, the pain they hold inside, the hurt and anxiety, I hope I can wipe it away someday. And we see the scene kind of like pan all the way up the steps to Shigure's house, and her inner monologue continues, the same way they did for me, because I want them to be happy too. And then we fade out to black, and then fade in to a magnolia tree about to bloom. So there's a really like strong cut to like another scene, and we see Shigure as a child. We see him waking up, and there are tears in his eyes. And we hear his narration. I had a dream about the one I love. From that moment, it was all over for me. And then we cut to an answering machine beep. And then we hear a woman 
on the phone, frantically warning Shigure that she'll be over soon and to please finish his manuscript. Yuki and Toru appear uh, to tell him that they're heading out for their double date, and he tells them to enjoy themselves. And Yuki, and then he's like saying something, and Yuki kind of casually walks off before he can finish talking. But then Shigure calls him back and tells him not to be a cheapskate. And then Shigure also sasses Kyo to escort Kagura properly as well. And Kyo was like, this is stupid, of course. <laughs> Uh, Toru... Having a real hard time putting on his sneakers. <laughs> he is. He's like sitting in, at the thing and struggling to put on his sneakers. I think he's just struggling out of not wanting to go. Yeah, he's just so angry. Yeah, he's just grumpy. Stupid date, stupid shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn rat. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Toru confirms uh, with Shiguri that he doesn't mind bringing the Valentine's chocolate that she prepared for Tori and the others. And he's like, don't worry, I won't eat them. <laughs> Which he teases. But then Toru's like, that's not what I meant. I just, it seems like you're busy with work. And then Yuki kind of cuts her off and says to leave it to Shiguri. There's no reason for her to go to the main house. And then her, she and Shiguri kind of pause. And Shiguri is like, he thinks little does he know that she's already been there, of course. <laughs> Yuki is right, he says. And then he pats her on the head and says, just go have fun on your date. And Toru smiles and says, okay, in the most delicate and cheerful way. And Shiguri's eyes widen. As if he's feeling something deep in his heart. <laughs> Maybe his heart grew three sizes. <laughs> uh, Kyo calls them and then the trio heads out. He calls them and he's like, we better go and whatever. The phone rings um, as Shigure lets the answering machine pick it up again as he sends the kids off. It's the same woman frantically calling again saying, I don't mind if you scream my calls, but don't run away. And he says, when you say it like that, it makes me want to live up to those expectations. <laughs> Subtitle actually said live down to your expectations. Yeah, I, noticed, made me laugh. <laughs> I noticed that. I wonder if that's, I don't know. Yeah, live down to those expectations. <laughs> so we cut to the double date. We cut away from Shigure and his living down to people's expectations to the double date. <laughs> um, and they're actually, I guess they're meeting Kagura at the train station. Kagura grabs Kyo from behind and says she could hardly sleep from the excitement. And Kyo says, well, why don't you go home and take a nap or whatever? <laughs> and then off to the side while they're having that conversation, Yuki notices that Toru is still distracted. And he asks if something is wrong. She says that Shiguri is always smiling and that she can't tell if she's causing him trouble. And Yuki says aside from Atori, there are very few people who can tell what Shiguri is thinking. A long time ago, someone once compared him to a ripple on the water, a wave that approaches and then recedes. It tickles your feet, but when you reach down to touch it, it leaves. He's the kind of man that you can't get a handle on, Yuki says that that person said, in extreme detail. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me, he says, Shiguri is a jellyfish floating on the wave. <laughs> Kagura calls them because they're going to be late if and they'll miss the movie if they don't hurry. And Yuki th says he may be smiling on the outside, but who knows what he's plotting on the inside. And then we cut back to Hattori's house, where Shigure has brought the chocolates from himself, he says. And Hattori slams the door. And Shigure's like, wait, wait, I lied. They're from Toru. And so, of course, Hattori lets him in. <laughs> She's conscientious, Hattori says. And Shigure comments that there's more chocolate for Omiji and Haru as well. Shigure explains that Toru was going to bring it, but guess what? She's busy because Toru, Yuki, Kyo, and Kagura are on a double date, he says. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be Toru's influence, Shigure says. They're probably enjoying a movie right now. And then we cut to slash pan across a poster called Mogeta, The Last Crusade. So we were right. We did get to see Mogeta. <laughs> Yay. And it's a dramatic scene from Mogeta. <laughs> if you were watching this for the first time, Mogeta is like, I guess, a running ser like series that's in fruits basket i don't know anyway we cut to a dramatic scene from the movie don't do it mogeta don't let the evil creature get you a boy screams and an old man is like stop art it's too late and the girl's like look mogeta transformed and then the villain is like no this isn't how it was supposed to go and then the creature that we know as mogeta grows and its eyes light up and its gets eyes get all red and its teeth get all pointy 
And then we pan over to Kyo, who looks bored, and Yuki, who also looks bored, and then Toru and Kagura, who are moved to tears by Mogeta's struggle. So <laughs> I thought it was funny that they, like, fully animated Mogeta. Like, we yeah. didn't just see them. We got to see Mogeta. <laughs> I was well. excited. We cut back to Tori and Shigure, who are enjoying some tea. Um, Tori says that he can imagine Toru influencing them. She has a way of softening people. Shigure tells him that tells him about how he picked on Kyo yesterday and how Kyo got all freaked out. And Tori is like, don't freak him out, which I thought was funny. <laughs> um, but of course, when they when Kyo came back with Torukun, he says Kyo was back to normal. He looks satisfied, Tori says. Things are going as you planned. And Shigure is like, why are you being so critical, bro? And Hattori is like, like hell you're not using her, you bold-faced liar. At least that's what this translation said. I was like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of intense, but sure. Shigure looks at Hattori, and we cut to Hattori's face looking quite serious as he accuses Shigure and Akito of using Toru as their pawn for their own end goals. And Shigure sighs and then looks away. And then almost like he's changing the subject away from being accused of using Toru. He's like, do you remember the morning that we dreamed? The morning that you, Aya, and I all cried. It turned painful for you two afterwards, but me, I still have those feelings inside of me. We see the same scene of Shigure waking up, and the magnolia blooms. So, like, we saw the magnolia before, and now it's blooming, kind of, like, metaphorically, I guess. That fervor, so thrilling and sweet and sad. Um, we see a memory of of baby Shigure talking to Hattori, and Shigure has, like, climbed up a wall, and he's, like, back-to-back with Hattori. I want to make it last forever, Baby Shigure says. I want to give it form and make it mine. And Hattori looks up, and then we focus on Shigure's face as he says, And I will. In the present, Shigure says, That vow is still right here. I'm not bothered about deceiving or using people to get it. Even if... And then we cut back to Shigure's creepy face from before, his chaotic evil face. <laughs> Even if it ends up hurting someone, he says. Hattori sighs. And then Shigure says, he does feel bad about it sometimes, though, especially when looking at Toru, because she really is a good girl. And then we see that we see like a image of Kyo, Yuki, Kagura, and Toru eating fries at a restaurant. And Shigure's narration continues on top of that. I think she may be a little too pure for me, though. And then he remembers patting Toru on the head earlier. Sometimes she forces me to realize that I might be the dirtiest of all. He cuts out of his serious monologue by being like, well, I really am dirty, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So, Atori, he continues, I'm jealous even of you. Maybe I'm the most cursed of all. And their conversation is interrupted by a woman who says, who comes in and says that it's time for Akito's checkup, and Shigure says that he will go as Atori's substitute. And Atori's like, I saw that coming. We cut to Shigure slipping on his shoes. Atori asks him to thank Toru for the chocolate for him when he gets home. Whatever ending you're headed for, Atori says, be prepared to lose a tooth. I don't know if it will be Yuki or Kyo or Honda-kun. But you're sure to end up eating a punch from at least one of them. And Shigure chuckles and says, I'll reap what I sow. Hattori says, I won't be your ally in this, but I won't work against you either. And Shigure smiles a small smile and says, see you later. And then as he's leaving, Hattori warns Shigure not to get let Akito catch a cold. And he chuckles awkwardly, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> as Shigure leaves, Hattori says, my hands are dirty too. The scene transitions to a long hallway and it's now dusk. And Shigure's narration continues. They can have a few teeth or even bones. That's not what I care about. He stands outside of Akito's door and calls to Akito before sliding the door open. Shigure, I didn't know you were visiting, Akito says. I came to visit you, he says, and then he steps into the room. Akito sits in a darkened part of the room. Well, isn't it only natural? Akito asks. 
So it is, Shigure says, and he stands over Akito and caresses Akito's face. I care about you most, after all. And then we hear Shigure's inner thoughts. I will get what I want. No matter what lies I have to tell or who I have to use, I'll make that dream eternal. We transition to panning up the steps again to Shigure's house. So kind of similar to uh, the scene when Kyo and Toru were walking back. And we see um, Kagura, Kyo, Yuki, and Toru walking up to the house. And Yuki is like, yeah, Kagura and Toru are talking about how touching the Mogeta movie was. And Yuki's <laughs> like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And Kyo is like, go home already. <laughs> like, he's just fed up with this date. Kakura's like, oh, you're so shy, and then, like, finger punches him, <laughs> and then giggles lightheartedly. <laughs> Yuki and Toru come across a woman who's leaning against Shigure's door, and Toru asks what's wrong, and the woman says, it doesn't matter anymore, I'm prepared to end my life right here, and then she clicks open an exacto knife and raises her arm. I wish you wouldn't do that in front of my house, Shigure says, and then we cut to Kakura kind of, like, cradling Kyo on the stairs, and we hear the cry, Sensei! We cut inside, and Shigure introduces us to his editor, Michan, who's sobbing and calling him a jerk. And then Shigure is like, Kesara, whatever will be, will be. Whatever won't, won't. And of course, as he's talking, Toru is serving Michan some tea, and Michan continues to sob dramatically. Shigure thanks Toru on Hotori's behalf, and then teases her about where his chocolate is, and she blushes and says she's making it now, and will be happy if he enjoyed it. And Shigure's eyes widen again, just like earlier, as she walks off. And then Michan, the editor, sasses Shigure. Move your hands. Moving fingers, she says. <laughs> and then she says, please take your work a little more seriously. You care about your work, don't you? What? Shigure says. No, I always care about myself most of all. <laughs> Followed by, like, shocked silence. Then please stop getting yourself in trouble by procrastinating, Michan screams. Yeah, yeah, Shigure says while he continues. she continues to stand over him. I'll follow you wherever you go, Michan screams. And he says, no, that's scary, like kind of dismissively. <laughs> he have, We see the same uh, memory again. So I think this is the third time. Yeah, this is the third time that we're seeing the same scene of Shigure waking up. And he thinks, go ahead, catch me if you can. And we cut to credits. I feel like this time it was efficient with such a detailed episode, <laughs> summarizing <laughs> it. There's so many things that happened. Also, the dub has him introduce Michan with her, like, full name. Was it Mitsuru? Mitsuru? Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting choice, because he just calls her Michan, I think. Mm-hmm. They called, um, it's interesting that they also noticed, so when they called the teacher, Toru, I think, calls her Shiraki-sensei, right? Mm-hmm. So she yeah. also gets a name in this episode, which I don't think she did even in the manga for a long time. Yeah, we just read the chapter think... in the manga where they give her a name. Yeah, although I think, um, I think we were talking about how the, the scene with her at the end with Kana. Mm-hmm had her name, had her be called by That's name. Right. Like someone, one of the friends, maybe Kana, like calls her mm-hmm. Mayuko. Mm-hmm. Like, hey Mayuko, whatever, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> but is it revealed that it's the same person? I mean, I guess you can tell if you look really closely. I think it's obvious. Yeah. But yeah, so now we know her full name at least then. It's Mayuko mm-hmm. Shiraki. So like, she got a full name and then <laughs> Mitsuru, yeah. So she got a full name too. That's interesting. So whatever. Yeah, if you watched um, only the sub, then her full name is Mitsuru. Yeah. Cool. I liked uh, it's really morbid but I love how she like clicks open the knife she's yeah. like reminds me of using those kind of exacto knives for school <laughs> that's funny yeah. so I think that one interesting thing about this episode is that the second half of this episode was never animated before so oh yeah I did kind of talk about it at the beginning sorry yeah. I'm a little sick but yeah they they uh the whole second part so basically the part I mean maybe even more than the second part because it was kind of altered in the original anime um mm from the part where Kagura comes over is completely different 
in the original anime. So yeah, I think this might mark the biggest change in the adaptation so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's the biggest amount of content that wasn't in the original adaptation. Mm-hmm. I mean, someday we're gonna get to a point where there's no new, where there's only yeah. new material, but mm-hmm. so far this is the biggest change, I think. So yeah, if you watched the anime before and you're like, "What? Where did this come from?" It's like it was you in the manga. You didn't know the glory of Mogeta. <laughs> Mogeta <laughs> is in the original anime, but just much later, I think. <laughs> and I don't think they like see it. I think there's just like it's on the TV. I think. Yeah, it's like on the TV in the background, so you just hear like some dramatic Mogeta dialogue <laughs> or something. All right. I thought that that was really funny. The little yeah. tiny scene of them, the movie. <laughs> Every time I yeah. just make me chuckle. Another thing that was added, which I thought was interesting, is Kyo waking up from a nightmare. So like I said, the way the manga chapter opens is him saying, like, I don't want to see, I don't want to think about it right now. There's like a little teaser of that, and then he says it later in the chapter. So instead they added Mm -hmm. a dream. And then I thought that was kind of interesting because then it kind of almost parallels Shigure waking up from a dream. Like in this episode, both of them wake up Mm -hmm. from something. So that was kind of interesting. Like I, I thought it actually added to the story in that way i'm not really sure i haven't figured out how to interpret them yet yeah i liked it just for giving more of a reason for kyo to be grumpy Grumpy. beforehand because like in the manga they're like oh why is he so grumpy is it something about valentine's day but he doesn't even know it's valentine's day until like (laughs) right before kagura shows up yeah in school and the in the in the manga they're at the lockers and then he punches the locker or something Mm -hmm. yeah like i mean i think it's implied by the narration that he's thinking about the same thing that mm-hmm. he had a nightmare about but i like it as just kind of a more clear yeah it sets thing. up it sets up a reason that he's grumpy instead of valentine's day yeah and not just him showing up and being grumpy for no reason which is kind of mm-hmm. how it is in the in the manga yeah i thought there was interesting there's a scene of them coming up the stairs uh, so so uh shigure argues with kyo and then he leaves and then toru goes and gets him and they come back and when they're coming up the stairs it has this like long pan the I thought some of the visuals in this episode were interesting, and one of this is that one of them is that they're walking up the stairs in this really really long pan up the stairs to Shigure's house, and I just thought it kind of added to the feeling of like it's like they have a long way to go. The thing that Toru is saying at that point is that I think it's like when she's like I want to heal, or I want to heal the pain in their hearts like the way that they did for me, and I feel like what's implied by that kind of pan or that imagery is that there's there's a long way to go until they're gonna be in that place it kind of pans up to the house which is like their home like we've talked about a couple of times Mm -hmm. so i thought that that kind of contributed to that that imagery contributed to like toru wants to help kyo and yuki overcome some of their like trauma and their pain and anxiety that they have Mm -hmm. but it may take a while yeah yeah some of the other like interesting scenes were one where uh, shigure pats toru on the head and then his eyes kind of widen and and I joked already, it's like he's having a feeling for the first time, but <laughs> um, it's interesting. It's like, and then he says later, like, it's, it's like a the feeling is friendship, but yeah. he never felt it before. <laughs> yeah. He's What's gonna this... keep making arrested development jokes. On <laughs> What's this warm feeling? <laughs> so kind and gentle. And then Shigure, when they're ta- when he's talking to Otori, it's like he says that um, Shigure is motivated to do something. We learned in this episode, I think. Hitori, mm-hmm. Hitori and Yuki commented on it again, um, and we learned for sure that he's motivated to do something. Not sure exactly what that is, and he said that you know he he'll do whatever he can to get it, even if he has to use people or whatever, mm-hmm. including Toru. But then he did say that sometimes he feels bad because she's a good kid, but she yeah. might be a little bit too pure for him. Yeah, I've always liked that part in the manga, so I was glad it got translated in mm-hmm, got this adaptation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it helps give like 
I don't know, depth to Shigeru's depth. Like, <laughs> depth to his depth. Yeah, because, like, you know, in the first adaptation, he's mostly comic relief. Mm-hmm. And we talk about how he's got a lot more darkness to him, but I think, like, scenes like that kind of make it, you know, more complicated than just, like, oh, he's secretly evil. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not just that he's got a lot going on. For sure. And listen, like, I mean, I comment on how evil he is constantly, mm-hmm. but also I do think, I mean, he has motivations for that, and we're starting to see that now, which is nice. Yeah. Even this at this early kind of point in the series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what that motivation is driving toward at this point. But yeah, and then of course, like, then he went and go, like, there's this scene after where he goes to talk to Akito, and Akito is again in, like, this darkened room, which is really interesting. I'm gonna have to think on that some more, too, because this is, like, the third time, even though it's still, it's dusk at this scene, so there's still natural light. The room, the way that Akito is shown in the room is also darkened again. Like, mm-hmm. Akito's always in the shadow, every time that they're together which is interesting yeah um shigure comes in and then like kind of caresses akito's face and says that akito is most precious to him and stuff like that i also also thought it was interesting that like when when and i didn't like i didn't go back and check that to see if the dialogue was actually the same like if it's actually the same phrasing but at least the way that it's translated is that when shigure leaves hattori's house hattori is like well one of them's gonna punch you at some point and then shigure <laughs> is like i'll reap what i sow and wasn't there an earlier scene, like one of the first scenes with him and Akito, he says like it's time you reap what you sowed or something? The one I think it was the New Year's The New Year's one. Thing. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was New Year's one or the one with her friend when Tori's friends come over. Yeah, but... This is when everyone ditched, so yeah. Akito was upset. <laughs> so I wonder what that I wonder if that also kind of parallels that both Akito and Shigure are like kind of scheming something. Mm-hmm. It's like, is it implied that this is directly what they're reaping slash sowing? Like, is it <laughs> related to this? I just thought it was interesting they used the same, that dialogue stuck out to me, because if, if it is the same and translated the same way, it's certainly translated the same way. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. It was a nice parallel yeah. between those two scenes. One thing I thought was also interesting, because I think it, I don't know if it's the same dialogue, just translated differently from the manga, but mm-hmm. when Shigeru is saying, talking to Yuki, saying like what he, after he, talked to Kyo he said that he got impatient mm-hmm. and pushed Kyo yeah like, I think in the anime in the manga he says like I got a little annoyed or whatever yeah but I think it's interesting that they deliberately say I got impatient especially in conjunction with all the talk of him you know having schemes and plans yeah I thought that was interesting too yeah yeah I don't know if it's translated I also didn't check that I don't know if it's translated that way or if it's just like in the subtitle that way in the dialogue's the same or whatever but yeah it was an interesting choice too yeah mm-hmm. like he's pushing for something yeah it seems like he's doing all these things for a reason. We see, it's funny because we saw him like teasing his editor too, Shigure. Mm-hmm. So he's positioned as this like kind of a comic, like uh, agent of chaos. Mm-hmm. But it seems like there might be other motivations behind all of that too. Yeah, like we've seen him be kind of a dick before, but this <laughs> is the first episode that's really shown that he's got some ulterior motives going on. Mm-hmm. And also a his, soft uh, side to his dickishness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like I said, depth to his depth. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess we could talk about Kyo and Kagura's relationship, but I don't feel like it's any different than anything we've seen before. Yeah, Kag- really. Kagura wants to get attention from him, and he doesn't care. He's like, no, pass. I don't want to go on this yeah. date. I mean, I think we see a little bit more of her, her like genuine care for Kyo, because she has mm-hmm. a bit where she wants him and Yuki to get along better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do that see seems that. like a genuinely, you know, for his well-being kind of thing. Yeah, she certainly seems to think that him getting along better with Yuki will be better for him overall, so that's interesting. Yeah. And it seems like Haru does too, and like a lot of people in the family mm-hmm. think that. 
so like it's interesting that Kagura kind of pushes him to get along better with Kyo with uh, Yuki, but then Toru is like it's fine. Like she goes out the scene where she goes and talks to him. I think we talked about this extensively when we read this chapter of the manga. But like mm-hmm. um, when she when Toru goes to talk to him, she says you know like it's fine if you don't get along and then he remembers her saying that there's like a there's an emotion on his back and that you know he that he has good qualities too and he's like yeah yeah and it's really interesting i thought it's interesting the way that he like comforts himself at that times by thinking about something that she told him that she said that he has good qualities too mm-hmm. and that he you know i guess he doesn't feel like he has to get along with um with yuki at this point in time and that's okay like she, everybody else is trying to push him to change, and he's not ready to. It seems like, yeah. And Toru's okay with that, or she, that's that's what she says to comfort him, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have any th- other non-spoilery things to say. Yeah. Okay. My most important notes were Mogeta and Kyo's two random friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kyo's random friends. I wish they would have more stuff, but <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't. Not that much. I, know. I kind of enjoy them just being random recognizable background yeah yeah this episode is funny because it really balances a lot of like humor and dark stuff especially kyo being like it's val is today valentine's day like Mm -hmm. yes of course it is (laughs) i think in the manga he's like it's just snuck up on me and they're like how does the day sneak up on you or whatever yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's funny anyway i think that's it for non-spoilers so next time we'll be talking about episode 10 and we'll talk about Uh, some spoilers after the music wait this was episode 10 oh sorry so we're we'll talking about episode 11. <laughs> so we're just going to do the same episode over again next yeah, week. Yeah, next week. It's It'll all cool. Groundhog Day style. <laughs> yep. It's the same, same one over and over again. You could probably talk about this one for a long time. There's a lot of stuff that happened, but... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But anyway, yeah, we'll uh, we'll play some music, and then we'll talk spoilers. So we'll see you next time, if you're not listening to spoiler stuff. Bye. Bye. We're back to talk about spoilers. The flashback was interesting because it was it fast is. enough that it's pretty vague if you don't know what's going on. But it if is. you do know what's going on, it's actually pretty detailed it compared is. to what we got in the manga. It is. <laughs> what was in the manga? I forgot to look at that. Isn't it just kind of that like negative image of like, oh, it's just arm yeah, it's Kyoko's arm and the blood. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it is detailed. People who read it will know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet people can people might be able to figure it out too. Yeah, I think if they slow it down, they yeah. can get a, the gist of what, kind of what went on. I really Obviously not the details or who it is, but... Yeah, I mean, they might, because they know that, if they're paying attention, they know that Tor's mom was in a car accident, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, that might. was pretty obvious before, and we none of us got that, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I had to really slow it down to figure out what was happening in it. Like, I saw mm-hmm. the person in the bag, but then his eyes, like, are kind of fast and stuff, too, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, remember I saw it, and I was like... Well, that was a lot just there. Yeah. And then I, like, rewound it again. And I was like, yeah, that really was a lot. <laughs> it really is. And the other thing is, like, it's really fast. And it is it is hard to tell if it's supposed meant to be a flashback or meant to be something else. So I called it... I thought it, you could interpret it as, like, a premonition or something, too. Yeah. The way that or he's like, thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, something bad might happen if I get to know Yuki better. Yeah. Versus I got to know someone and something bad happened, which is what mm-hmm. the memory actually represents, right? Yeah. Plus, uh, as someone pointed out that we didn't notice at the time, that uh, Kyoko said kind of the same thing about his relationship mm-hmm. with Yuki, which also led to him 
remembering that. Yeah, I was trying to find that again before this episode mm-hmm. so I could find the right thing. There's a I know there's a there's an anonymous ask in our thing that I'm waiting to pause mm-hmm. to post because it's spoilery, but yeah, there's an anon- anonymous person pointed out that Kyoko said the same thing about Kyo getting to know Yuki and therefore that's why it's like tied to that flashback, which is probably true. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. But I try to keep it vague, throw all the other <laughs> new people off, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think our interpretations are still valid. That's just uh, another layer onto it. Yeah, that for we sure. Forgot about <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and then I don't know. There is there's a lot of different flashbacks are kind of different in all of them. Like in fact, the flashback or the memory of uh, I don't know if they're flashbacks or memories or whatever, whatever you want to call them. But the memory of we joked about Haru's memory with Yuki being like in the void, like in a white mm-hmm. kind of light, and then. Uh, Shigure's memory of talking to Otori was in the same kind of light, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more detail because there's like trees and stuff, but it's also very, very light. Yeah. Versus Kyo's kind of. Yeah, I think it's kind. Of, yeah, I think it's good. Like, kind of Kyo's is like traumatic and chaotic. Yeah. yeah. Whereas those memories were, you know, neutral and positive, and mm-hmm. you know that they can recall without too many issues. <laughs> yeah. Recall clearly and and feel good about it. Yeah. yeah, I need to go back. I should go back and watch some of the other ones um, because, like, I think this is treating them in certain way is kind of a lot of them are treated in that kind of in a same in this a similar way, at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah, cool. interesting to pay attention to that going forward. Mm-hmm. Maybe look back at it once the whole series is done mm-hmm. and how the different flashbacks are treated. Yeah, because there's also that one where it's just like a really like hard cut into Tor's memory of her mom where she's like um, she's like in the kitchen and then it. It's like her mom yeah. opens the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one's really interesting, too. Yeah. So uh, to transition to something else, I just thought that the scene... So, like, of course, Toru walks through the woods in the manga to find Kyo after he runs away. But I thought the way that the scene was, like, really extended of her walking in the woods was foreshadowing for the true form part. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Like, I didn't really think of it... Like, I didn't really notice it. And then I was watching... Like, when we were reading it and when I was watching it, I was like, oh, there's, like, a lot... Like, that could be... That's really similar to the... to the. It could be foreshadowing for that, I think. And the mm-hmm. same... The way that she kind of, like, comes upon him in the woods and, like, some of the same... I think he also says... Um, well, I don't know. But it's interesting that, like, this, the same thing's going to happen again in a couple of episodes, yeah. probably. So... Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was really interesting the actual angle of that scene, which I didn't talk about very much, but like when she's she kneels down and then when it's kind of like Kyo's in the foreground and she's in the background and you can see his hands, you can see the bracelet very clearly too. Yeah, actually. I noticed that. Yeah. So like it's also the scene is set up in a way so that it's also like really strong foreshadowing for that as well. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. Yeah. Do you have any other serious spoiler discussions? Because I have a gag I want to talk about. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't. The other thing was uh, a translation I liked for the dub, but I liked it because it was uh, funny for a spoilery reason. Mm-hmm. When uh, when Chigari volunteers to <laughs> yeah take uh, Hattori's place as a dub in the dub, he says, "I promise I'll be very thorough." He... <laughs> the whole thing is a pun, really, because it's like yeah. they're like <laughs> sensei, sensei Akito is ready for it to be looked at, and then. Like, Shigure is a sensei because he's a writer. So then mm-hmm. he's like, I'll take your place, sensei, or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's also really funny. Yeah. Um, like, it's funny anyway, but I think they made the innuendo really obvious in the Yeah. Dub, so I, had a, I had a chuckle out of that. Be sure to be thorough. <laughs> the thing, the scenes with the keto are interesting. Again, like, again, always in the dark. I wonder what's up with mm-hmm. that. I don't have a, like, I don't have a theory about it yet. 
But every time, literally every time Shigure goes to see Akito, Akito is always in the dark, um, even at daylight, even somehow <laughs> during the day, <laughs> which is what happened this time. It was like dusk, so the shadow, Akito is in the shadow of the room. It's definitely deliberate and must be symbolic in some way, but I don't know what yet. I'll have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Some of it is probably just maintaining the mystery of Akito for now. But probably. I definitely think there's something to the lighting specifically with Shigeru being there. It's true. And then we also, I mean, we saw Akito in the car, so like we've kind of seen Akito's face, I mean, at least behind glass. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, also just like the mystery of Akito in general, not just mm-hmm. what he looks like. Just Very true. Akito's Akito-ness. <laughs> Mysteriously walking in the garden, messing mm-hmm. up all the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the major spoilery things that are hinted at this episode is that it's all about Akito and Shigure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing I was yeah. excited to see yeah. get animated. Yeah. That's spoilers for way down the line that we won't even get to in the manga for a while. No, and also, and wasn't even in the original anime at all. Mm-hmm. Part of the first anime, they're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, what is this scene about? I mean, it's kind of obvious what it's about, though. Like, even, maybe they're just like, we don't know where this is going to. I don't think it's that obvious because we don't even know about, like, at this point, we don't even know about... Uh, like the whole bond and that is true. Akito being God and that they all, you know, like woke up crying when Akito was conceived yeah, and all that true. stuff. So. Maybe they were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. They all woke up crying. And also like, uh, Shigure says that he, it's the person that he loves, but yeah, yeah. That relationship isn't clear at all, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's just setting, setting things up very clearly that Shigure is scheming something. It's like, he finally yeah. admitted to it. And then, I think, like, we are definitely esteem, definitely something to do with Aikido, yeah. but we don't also, know any more than that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Hattori, yeah, Hattori said that you're using Aikido, are you using Toru to both of your, like, respective goals? Mm-hmm. Like, Aikido has a goal, because I think, it, isn't it said that Aikido wanted to use Toru because Aikido wanted to prove that, how great she was basically yeah <laughs> but being like someone will reject you and like i'll be here to like pick up the pieces or whatever yeah and i think she got like goaded into it by sugar ren oh time. by ren yeah might have been sugar also but maybe i wouldn't be surprised if it was a combination of both of them yeah but uh i think ren doing her whole thing her your whole you're not special thing yeah to Akito, so yeah for sure mm-hmm. um and then of course we know why sugar wants to use Shigeru wants to break the curse so that he can have soul a soul relationship with Akito. Yeah. So, someone commented in the um in the Discord that this is like someone commented like that scene where he pats Toru on the head is also interesting from Toru's perspective because, um, it's the first this is the first person who's been like a father figure in her life. Mm, yeah. Which is cool. Like I never really thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like she has her grandfather, but he's a grandfather not a father and also like he seems to be sort of he's nice to her but i don't think he's like close to her like a father you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of interesting that this is like the first time that they have well i mean shigure listened to her story very kindly when she was falling asleep the first night she was there and took her in and stuff but i think this is one of the most direct like times that we've seen her do something and him react to it in that way mm-hmm. so that was yeah i think charming that's, yeah it's kind of a general thing i think that I hadn't really thought of it before, but it is kind of from Toru's perspective. Like they have those kind of interactions a lot because, like, I just read the the manga chapters for the episode we're not going to record today. Um, <laughs> but has the bit when she's sick and protesting, and he has like 
he gets, he's the one who gets her to stop protesting by saying like you're a good girl so just do what i say <laughs> and, like, you mean when she's sick yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she's like okay <laughs> i mean he kind of that's how he kind but, of yeah. convinced her to stay in the house in the first place in the same way mm-hmm. right yeah it's just like well you like to do chores or whatever so why don't you just mm-hmm. stay here and do that i mean i guess it's kind of between him and yuki but i think he he's yeah mm-hmm. she does often do stuff that what what he says right yeah. Even when she won't listen to other people. So that's kind of interesting because I also my opinion of Shigure is generally sort of on the negative side. Like, I definitely think that he's using Toru for something. So then mm-hmm. when he does nice things, I'm just skeptical of it. But I think from mm-hmm. Toru's perspective, that's not how it is. That's not how it's like. Right. So yeah. maybe he is kind of a like father figure for her. And then there's other I mm-hmm. mean, this is also a spoiler. Maybe I'll just cut this into the spoiler discussion. But um, yeah. there's the whole scene where he goes and uh, he's her he goes to her parent teacher conference and like on the mm-hmm. surface it could be that it's partial like it's going to tease Mayuko mm-hmm. but also he he does go in and like does her actual conference yeah. so I do think he most of the times he's pretty genuine toward Toru mm-hmm. like like he means what he says when he's talking to Toru mm-hmm. like being nice to her and everything mm-hmm. I think so there's scenes where he's like not as nice to I her think... but mm-hmm. um, yeah. later like, I think her later. yeah like I think her presence fits nicely into his schemes but <laughs> i think he does like like her as a person and enjoys like you know being nice to her yeah i think so mm-hmm. they have a their relationship is relatively good he's mm-hmm. he acknowledges that he's using her but aside from that i feel like their relationship is good mm-hmm. yeah, i think even how he's using her is like mostly passive like it's just like he's like oh this works for me yeah <laughs> it's kind of interesting that's like how much foresight do you have to have to do that i do think shigure is very empathetic like mm-hmm. to be like if i bring someone in like how does he meet this person and then just decide like within a couple of um you know within knowing her for like a couple of hours to be yeah. like i think at first he's probably just like well this will mix things up and be interesting it yeah might work for me and then like as time went on he had a more concrete idea of how it would work into his plans probably probably i think so because mm-hmm. he does seem to occasionally just like to be like oh this will be interesting mm-hmm. let's see what happens with this mm-hmm. yeah he does that's true um anyway that's all i have for spoilers so mm-hmm. okay in that case um we will see you next time for episode 11 11 <laughs> you heard me say it this way the first time definitely didn't fuck it up before <laughs> okay we'll see you later oh thank Bye-bye. you all i'm oh, sorry <laughs> thank you all for listening Not i don't fine. think i said that before <laughs> Okay, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you later.